how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to Creative Principles. I am your host, Brock Swinson. Now, normally this is where I interview amazing writers, screenwriters, authors, creatives, musicians, all types. But over the next 15 or 16 episodes, we're doing something very special and actually giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, the full audiobook over these next several episodes. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will be back to interviews very soon. But this is part of my mission this year to give away 100,000 copies of my book. So if you haven't already grabbed your copy, go over to brockswinson.com. You'll see a link to the PDF. That's a digital download and audiobook, which you're about to listen to here. You'll also see at brockswinson.com access to things like the free 30-day prolific writing challenge and also some other challenges built around writing, such as the Upwork Unfair Advantage, which will teach you how to be a six-figure freelancer. You can also find courses such as how to write a nonfiction book in 12 weeks and some upcoming screenwriting and TV writing courses as well, along with my brand new one-on-one mentorship, Storyteller Launchpad. All that's over at brockswinson.com, but now let's jump into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. In this book, which I wrote around episode 250 of the podcast, across these episodes, you'll learn things like how to annihilate a writer's block by embracing the playful trickster mentality or how to weaponize your anxiety with the different is better approach, how to defend your time with the calendar anorexia mindset, what it means to create ruthless prioritization and use the urgent versus important system, and probably most importantly, how to avoid self-sabotage. It's all on the pages of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And make sure to join my email list to learn about my upcoming book, The Self-Reliant Artist. All that's over at brockswinson.com. Chapter 15. Develop a Full Arsenal Be so good they can't ignore you, Steve Martin. There's an array of reasons why fans love James Bond movies. From the gadgets to its all-around charismatic coolness to the iconic Bond girls. As a character, he's an agent with a license to kill. But Bond is so much more. As he's a strategist, a detective, a multilinguist, a martial artist, a skilled assassin, a marksman, a driver, an aviator, a professional level gambler, and a master of seduction. The list goes on and on, but all in all, Bond is a jack-of-all-trades and master of many who has a full arsenal of enviable skills at his disposal. As a creative, you also need a full arsenal at your disposal. I was fortunate to work with a group of young filmmakers who were growing together, Jeff Cronenworth told me. Our careers have been parallel. One thing this group does is bounce back and forth rather than dedicate themselves to one medium. The guys in that time frame had a full arsenal of mediums to shoot in. Working in an array of mediums, Cronenworth eventually teamed up with director David Fincher. In terms of their combined style, he said, I think it's great to be known to have a particular style or look, 
but you'll be cheating everyone and yourself if you don't have an arsenal of techniques and disciplines. He added, you should be able to shoot everything, or you limit yourself. I think you can own a look, but you have to have a whole toolbox full of looks. As a shooting duo, Cronenworth and Fincher developed a very specific style, but the signature doesn't limit their work, it enhances it. He also told me, paint broader strokes and you have a much better chance of succeeding and you're still able to find a signature look within that. The same is true for Ken Burns, who was inspired to become a filmmaker as a child when he saw his stoic father start to cry while watching a documentary. Like Fincher, Burns too has a very specific style, which even led to a function called the Ken Burns effect in Apple's iMovie. But it only developed after trying an array of different looks over a lifetime. If you never stop researching and you never stop writing, then your process flows into one another, says Burns in his online masterclass. It's organic. You collect as much as you can and see what is talking to you. My pockets are filled with scraps of paper, but we're just collecting lots of ideas. Burns describes his process as follows. Everyone knows what happened, but how you tell it is hugely important. As for how he views his own career, he says, What do I do for a living? I wake the dead. It's within a signature style, however, that the danger lies. This is why you need a full arsenal. Without a full arsenal, you force yourself onto a highway with no exits. You point to something as having quality, and the quality tends to go away, writes Zen master Robert Persick. It's within this tightrope walk that you have to balance the signature look, the arsenal of style, and everything that will eventually come after. And, as complex as it might sound already, it's actually just a movable form of creativity that turns the rigid into the flexible. Or as Jim Carrey once said, sometimes you have to pick up the crown and wear it well. Wearing the crown well means continuing the learning process. Wearing the crown well means embracing new ideas and adding your spin to any given project. Wearing the crown well means experiencing more failures than successes, but learning from the missteps to create truly iconic pieces for your true fans. The only real learning results from hang-ups, where instead of expanding the branches of what you already know, you have to stop and drift laterally for a while until you come across something that allows you to expand the roots of what you already know, writes Persig. The lateral drift clearly means shifting to more difficult projects, but it could also mean shifting to seemingly less difficult projects. As you shift, don't ignore certain elements, even if they seem beneath you. Follow your creative impulses. Chase your creative instincts. Know that in a truly creative life, nothing is off limits. If nonfiction is where you do your best writing or your best teaching of writing, don't be buffaloed into the idea that is an inferior species, writes William Zinser. Good writing is good writing, whatever form it takes, whatever we call it. In short, there's no subject you don't have permission to tackle. Even the most mundane work has the potential to fully shape your arsenal, conquer the minutia to better develop your craft, work through the repetition to filter the complex into the simplistic. Seth Godin got his start helping others market their books. Ernest Hemingway got his start writing crime articles in Kansas City. F. Scott Fitzgerald got his start writing advertising copy and unsuccessful screenplays. There's no limit to how much success can come from the grind of the mundane. It's the passageway to getting that which is most personal on the page, that with which others can connect. 
Oftentimes, novice riders avoid subjects close to the chest because they either miss the significance or belittle the topic. If something feels small to you, know that nothing is small if taken seriously. If the reader catches you in just one bogus statement that you are trying to pass off as true, everything you write thereafter will be suspect, adds Zinser. It's too great a risk, and not worth taking. Sometimes, the drift is a drift in the medium itself, but not the art form or even the subject matter. Repeating the story, good or bad, allows us to exhaust the unresolved emotion of it, writes Chuck Palahniuk. Martin Scorsese continues to embrace religion and violence in his films. Noah Baumbach repeats ideas and scripts over and over again in early drafts to find a satisfying conclusion. Bong Joon-ho told a dozen stories of class warfare until he won Best Picture for Parasite. All of this is to say there is no single route to success. Instead, the route to success is that which works for you, which is likely the most personal, most unique style for you. But it also might come in the revolving door of styles and genres. Once a style or genre becomes too copied, reader fatigue kills it, writes Palinuk. If I told you a surefire formula, it would fail from overuse. Since there is no formula, anything new begins with the fiction of what could be. Imagination is the most potent force in the universe. It's not your job to follow a formula, nor is it your job to pleasure everyone every single time. Instead, you're supposed to be the artist, not someone who spends an obsessive amount of time worrying about the art. Create rather than critique. Publish rather than obsess over reviews. To become the artist obsessed over art and not the critique of art, Focus intently on the art, release it, then move on to the next piece. Be purposeful, be patient, be prolific. The difference between a great writer and a decent writer is that great writers are never satisfied, Liz Feldman told me. They're continually working at it and etching away at the joke, at the dialogue, at the monologue to see what's the best possible version. Feldman accepted her perfectionism while writing jokes for Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen would give notes, then say, you can beat that. I would literally sprint back to my office to get behind my computer and quickly think how I could beat the joke. She went on to say, that job was certainly a real pressure cooker. It's really about pushing yourself to dig deeper into your own perspective on whatever subject matter you're writing about. Ellen pushed me to become a better joke writer and not to settle for something that's fine when you could mine the material for something great. Many of the building blocks, my ethos as a writer, a boss, a showrunner, comes from the work ethic of working with her. You need to give yourself permission to work in the way you work best, and if you're judging your work in the middle of any process, you're judging your work at the wrong time. Random words don't look like anything till somebody sings them, says T-Bone Burnett. Judging yourself, therefore, is reducing yourself to one of two options. With that idea in mind, Brene Brown would say to you, We learn that when faced with either-or dilemmas, the first question we should ask is, who benefits by forcing people to choose? Ignoring the idea that you need to choose one route over the other, consider this as your final series of questions. What makes you a writer? What makes you want to write? You might think it's procrastination, but with the right intention, it isn't. It's motion, writes Elizabeth Gilbert. And any motion whatsoever beats inertia, because inspiration will always be drawn to motion. The act of motion, day in and day out, is what makes you a writer. Everything that comes after is manufactured luck. But, if you do have to choose a method in which to write, Chuck Palahniuk would say, Do not write to be liked. Write to be remembered. 
Writing to be remembered means writing often and writing with the intent to influence your readers. When you serve others, they'll share your work and encourage new readers to take a chance on your message. So when you prepare your desk for battle, ignore the impulse for perfection. Instead, focus on the daily habit of getting words down on the page. When you sit down to write tomorrow and all the days hereafter, write for your future self and for your future readers. Defend your time, find your voice, master your process, and when you buy your ink, buy the barrel. This has been Ink by the Barrel, read by the author, Brock Swenson. For more information on this book or future projects, courses, and events, visit brockswenson.com. Acknowledgements. First, I would like to thank my wife, Jessica, for her endless support, even through all of the inevitable irritabilities that come from living with a writer. Next, I would like to thank Marilyn, who has always been a vocal cheerleader, but also a fundamental editor, who helps shape words on the page. And finally, I'd like to thank my editor at Creative Screenwriting Magazine, Jim, who continues to fight the good fight for the sake of good writing. About the author. Brock Swenson hosts the podcast Creative Principles, which features audio interviews from screenwriters, authors, actors, and directors. He also writes long-form articles for Creative Screenwriting Magazine, and works in marketing for companies like ClickFunnels and ManifestU. Swenson lives in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with his wife Jessica and their baby Stella. For more information, visit BrockSwenson.com. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at BrockSwenson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.